0: First of all, I want to say thank you very much for for coming. Uh, I, it's a real privilege for me to to be able to share some thoughts, some experience. Um, I know we have lots of different opinions here, and uh, I'm I'm I, I understand that. I'm going to share with you kind of my flavor of it. You may disagree, but that's okay. That's why we're why we're here, to, to learn and to grow. Uh, most of the things that I have learned, again, as I said, as a, as a treasury person, I should have known all of this, but when it came up to retirement time, I had no clue what was Social Security, what was Medicare, how, how that all applied. I didn't know. And they don't teach you that in school. When you get... When you get something in the newspaper, you get something in there, you get something like this, simplified, Social Security simplified. I said, I need that. So I would go there and I'd listen in about 15 minutes worth of Social Security simplified. Then they'd go into, of course, they give you a free meal, so that tells me something. Uh, So then they'd go into how I ought to be, taking all of my money and investing with them and, and having pay them a fee to handle that. So I said, okay, where am I really going to get that information? I don't like, and please understand, I know people are very honest, I don't like to get information from people who are selling things. I like to get information from people like this. Now, he's selling things. He's selling books and concepts, but he's not selling any. Documents any any investment uh, things, so that's what I rely on. And I, as I mentioned, some of Dave Ramsey's things, I, I I like I accept the majority of what he says. Fantastic, there are some deviations. I'm going to share those deviations with you. I mentioned that he said you shouldn't buy any bonds. You should be 100% stock. So we'll talk about some of those things uh, a little later. So anyway, I just want to kind of set that there. I'm going to share my vanilla, my, my uh, amateur investment and amateur understanding of Social Security and what I have dug out of this. And I'd, I'd read one book. I started with this one here. But make sure that you get the 2017 version because the 2013 or so, I forget what it was, that's before the Democrats and Republicans quietly did away with they vote some things, and you don't hear about that. So make sure you get the most current versions. I'd read this, and then I'd go and read not the whole book, because I, I wasn't getting into disability and that kind of thing, but I'd read the things that were pertinent to me, and I'd compare them. And i said, does that make sense? Is that what the other one said? And then, of course, Dave Ramsey, too. So just kind of a, a setting the stage for what, what I'm about to share with you. All right. Uh, First of all, again, if you're new here, I am not a certified financial planner. I'm just sharing my personal experience, but I hope is educated by these individuals. So making it last, session four. Making it last till when? As Christians, we ask, when do we make it last till? To sustain ourselves until death, so as not to be a burden on our families, we talked about that earlier, or society, and or making it last until the Lord comes. You know, it doesn't pay to stockpile a bunch of money that we don't need, and then it all get burned up. We need to 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 appropriate it appropriately, so we have sufficient, but not hoarding money. So we have to take charge of our lives. So we have to take charge of our health care. So my wife, as I mentioned, is, in the ho- is in, under treatment. So they asked her what she was allergic to. And she said floxins, the whole family of floxins. So she goes. She was in the hospital. She gets a prescription. And, and right there it says on the prescription, allergic to floxins, And right under it, the prescription is microfloxins. Somebody, the hospitalist. I've learned a lot of new words, hospitalist. Didn't know, didn't even read the document. So we have to take charge of our own health. We have to know what's right. Same way with our financial health. We have to take charge of our finances. I have a family member who received an estate, some money from an estate. They went to the bank and they just did whatever the bank told them to do. They put it into bond funds. He's got six bond funds, no stock, six bond funds. He doesn't understand what it is. He doesn't even know what a bond is. He doesn't want to learn. You either need to learn or to change the plan. And that's uh, those of you who new, the fill-in-the-blank things, if you want to fill in the blank, chain, learn or change your plan. So you need to understand it. And if you're going to live for many years in the future, you need to take charge of your financial future. So life insurance, again. I have family members who swear by swear by that. But if buying life insurance by term, term means you pay as you go. You pay one you pay for a year or pay for a month and you get insurance. When you quit paying, you don't have any insurance. It's not whole life type insurance. Term is a fraction of the cost of whole life. Life insurance is designed to cover lost income in the case of family emergencies of family, young families, not retirement, unless you have minimal savings and your surviving spouse needs it to live on. Yes. yes. Can help. Okay. Um, I, again, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I, I like to have a little interaction. I can't have too many because this one is packed. This one's really packed. So anyway, go ahead and share. But My
1: wife and I just had a policy expire a year ago. So I'm seventy-six, so that cost a lot more. But we got twenty years ago for four hundred and fifty a month for me, two eighty-nine for my wife, a hundred thousand-dollar term policy for non-smokers and vegetarians.
0: Term policy? That sounds it's way too much. It's,
1: it's a level term okay. for twenty years. It started when I was fifty-five and last till seventy-five. Okay. For that age group, that's a phenomenal. Oh, okay. Year. All right finally expired, so now I just got the bare minimum, because kids are gone. Okay, uh, sure. But if you check with independent companies, ask about no alcohol, no tobacco, and so on, Uh, this agent in New Jersey found it for us. And when he found out when you have a certain cholesterol level, which only vegetarians have usually, that dropped it down some more.
0: This, this is a fellow pastor that worked in the conference I'm with, so I, I want to give him a little bit of time, but not too much time, you understand. <laughs> All right. So my goal for you today is to understand more about planning for the rest of your life. Defined benefit plan, also known as a pension plan. That's one where the company agrees to pay you something, but you don't know what it's going to be. It's just kind of a surprise when you get to retirement. Defined benefit plan and understand more about a defined contribution plan. And that's a 401K. Or in the case of nonprofit, like the church, is a 403B. And that's where you ha- get a statement and you know how much money is in there. And you have to vest to, get to lock that in. I'd like for you to understand more about Social Security. A plan that's so you or your spouse can provide for another 20 to 35 years after retirement. So now, so let's say, why the 20 to 35? I'm, I've got people dying in the six, 70s, and I'm 69. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, that's if you retire at 65, 20 years is 85, but I want to live to be 100. So I'm going to tell you how to live to be 100. I'm going to get into meddling a lot, a lot of your, your pocketbook and your health, too, today. So to be eligible for Social Security, and we have some people that come in, immigrants coming in, they have to have 10, the equivalent of 10 years or $1,360 a quarter. Of course, if you make 5000 6000 in the first quarter, that qualifies for the whole year. So 10 years to get Social Security. And in the olden days, we used to encourage the pastors to get out of Social Security and then... Then to get back in the reason why we asked them to give a cow out they had to pay double what the rest of the people have for for Social Security and that's a big chunk 15.3 percent so Social Security full retirement age FRA you'll see that full retirement age so when is the full retirement age so I'm 69 so I was born in 1950 so I was my full. I reached my full retirement age at age 66 but if if you're beyond that, you're younger than that, or, yeah, younger than that, then you'll see it just a spread of one year. So when should I take my Social Security benefits? Somebody asked me that yesterday, and I said that's what I'm going to cover today. So they're, I hope they're here. I, I, I don't remember exactly the face. Yes? Okay, good, good. All right, great. <laughs> All right, so early, age 62... To age age 66, if you, you need the money now, it's hard to make ends meet and you can't continue to work. Physically, you're not able to work. Secondly, you don't need the money or you would just invest it. In other words, you're independently wealthy. Most of us are not that, so we don't have to worry about that. Or your health is poor and you don't expect to live into your late 70s or 80s. Those are the people that should retire early. Now, the majority of the people... Say, man, as soon as I get to 62, I'm quitting. I'm going to retire. I'm going to start drawing Social Security. So when should you take it? 66 or full retirement age, 66 in months. If you haven't saved enough, and how much is enough? We're going to talk about how much is enough. Uh, each year that you work, you can have the opportunity to save a little more. You want to avoid the earnings penalties. And uh, we'll show you what those penalties are in the next slide. You want to postpone paying taxes on your Social Security because you plan to work on. And you're concerned about your spouse's future. And I've inserted here, I hope you can see it, in the back there. I always encourage people to move forward because I have lots on the slide and it's a little hard to read. So I'll read it to you. But if a spouse dies, the survivor takes the higher of the two Social Security payments at 100% of whatever that amount is. So if if I'm making... Two thousand dollars and my spouse is getting a thousand. if I die, whoever remains gets the two thousand you don't get both okay all right, so here's the penalties, and this is the penalty that you have if you retire early and I was talking to someone today i've been talking to the the receptionist here about retirement i've been talking to the the uh, the maids and uh, anybody who wants to listen i 'm willing to talk about. It. I'm sorry to be in your way here. Normally I stand in this post here, but you're right here. I'll, I'll try to stand here so you can see. But if you plan, if you retire at age 62, if you retire before your full retirement age of 66, you're going to get penalized. Every dollar you earn over $17,000, $640 for 2019, you have to pay back every $2 you earn, you have to pay back half of that. You have to give back 50%. Now, do you give that back? No. They just suck it out of your next check. Yes. <laughs> they just do that. And you, may, you it comes to the end of the year and you earn too much, you might not get Social Security payments for several months until they catch up with that. In the year prior to full retirement age, you have to get back $1 of every $3 earned over $46,000. But note, after you reach full retirement age, you can earn all you want, and you don't have to return Social Security be- benefits. That doesn't mean you don't have to pay taxes on it, state and federal, but it means that you don't have to send back or then suck out the Social Security uh, payments in the future. You as as you yes, you can earn as much as you want and not be penalized from Social Security office. So here's what it means to, w- to wait. So here's an example at age 62. And most everybody wants to retire as soon as they can, so they get 1500 But if you wait one year, just one year, you get 6% more. I got this from a table, so I don't know. The math doesn't look too straight for me, but it's approximation. 6% more. The fill-in-the-blank thing is 6% and 8%. So 6% between 62 and full retirement age. So every year you get 6% more, so you're able to put more money in savings and you're you're able to increase your social security payment. So between 62 and 66 you get 25% 24% more. So it goes from 1500 to 2000 a month. Then if you go beyond that, you get 8%. And then it continues on until age 70 where it stops. And that's why I put 71 in there. You don't get any more. So it doesn't do you any good to wait beyond age 70 to start collecting social security because you don't you don't uh, it doesn't benefit you. You may as well take that money and start investing it. That is
1: for life. It does not go up. Exactly.
0: For life. Well, there is a cost there's a uh, cost, cost of living. living cost of living adjustment.
1: You start out at you're
0: that way. Yeah. Yeah, way you way. you lock in that lower amount. You just get the cost of living adjustment for whatever. So you're penalizing yourself by just that, that eight year period there between sixty-two and seventy, if you can manage to go on. I had I did the seminar one time and somebody said, Well, I know what you did. You waited till you're seventy, because you wanted to max out every dollar. I said, No. I retired age sixty-six and two-thirds. And I'll show you where I fit in it and the percentile chart. So the final breaking point, there's different different numbers, but the final the financial breaking point for early retirement at age 62 is 78. So each year's Social Security payments, yeah, have a cost-of-living adjustment. mention mentioned that. But the idea is that if you plan to live more than age 78, then you're better off to work a little bit longer or to not retire early. Okay? So Medicare application at age 65. Now, full retirement age is 66 or beyond, but at age 65, you need to apply for Part A, hospitalization. It is free. It doesn't cost anything. But if you're getting employer insurance, you can have the card, but you never show it to anybody. Because your company takes precedence over Medicare. And they will actually, if somebody uses it, they'll backbill your company and your employer will say, why didn't you use your medical card instead of... Using your Medicare card. But it's free within a three-month period before or after your birthday. When you cease working and come off your medical, you must sign up for Part B, medical, and Part D, drugs. Or you will have a premium penalty increase until you do for D. Now, D is not very much. We're paying like $17 a month each for D. Plus, there is no Medicare available until age 65. So people retire at age 62. They've got to go to the open market, try to find health care for three more more years at least. Or unless you're disabled. I'm sorry? Unless you're disabled, yes. That's very expensive. All right. So here's where people fit. I'm going to look at the men's side first. I'm sorry, ladies. But uh, age 62, look at Fifty percent of the people retired age 62. But did they know about the advantage it would be to just wait out just a little bit longer if you can? The reason I retired at age 66 and two-thirds, I had spent 44 years working for the church. I was getting tired. It was time. The newer younger generation needed to be uh, filling that place. Everything was going good. I chose to get out when things were going good. I was already 66 and two-thirds. So, you know, I, I picked I picked uh, between 63 and full retirement age. Here, almost more than 80%, maybe like 85%. I'm sorry, about almost 80% on the men's side. 80% of the people retire before the full retirement age. And then here's the full retirement age. So right here is the penalty period. All of this is penalty. So, full retirement age is right here. So, I retired right about right about there, 66 and two-thirds, just beyond. So, I'm at the 97th, 95th percentile, even at 66 and two-thirds. So, that just shows you the benefit of of what normal people do. They don't understand this. It doesn't get shared in the the seminars how That the importance of just hanging on a little bit longer, if you can. We'll talk about how long to hang on, too. Social Security, future and importance. Social Security will be, in my opinion, will be solvent because it has to be politically. Democrats and Republicans don't want to deal with it. They don't want to be the bad guy. But all they'd have to do is move that, I understand, I've read, move that from 67 to maybe 68, and it would solve the problem. Supposed to run out of money in, in 2034, 2032, something like that, and we'll only get 75 cents on the dollar. I don't know if that's supposed to be the existing people, but the fund's supposed to run dry at that time. Not only a benefit of a monthly check at retirement, but for possible disability needs. But the biggest is Medicare paying 80% of health care costs. 80% health care costs we'll talk about medicare in depth a little long a little later one incident without medicare could wipe out your entire life savings without it and that's why we encourage the pastors to get back on social security uh, after uh, the last several years so how to find out what you will get from social security now several years ago um They used to send us every few years, they'd send us a a summary of what we get at age 62, age 65, age 70, full retirement age and age 70. I'm going to stand over here now, so I won't stand in people's way there. So then they started to do it every year, and now I guess, I don't know if anybody gets that anymore or not. Yeah, Wayne? There you go, right, right there, and that's the website. That's why I put it on there for you. Uh. You have to log in, you have to give all kinds of information. You've gotta, you got to and by the way, all of these slides at the end of this presentation, I will give you the website that has all of these slides on it. all of the slides of all five presentations, and tomorrow I'll do likewise because I knew that this is highly complex and a lot of detail, and I want to make sure that, that you get it. So you go on there and it'll give you that information, but you have to put in a password, and you better keep the password, you put in Social Security. It'll ask you where you lived last. Uh, of the four places, which place did you live? And it, it just wants to check you, make sure you you are who you say you are. Go through the process, create your own login password. And, yeah, there we go. So each year, that's the word each, can retire separately. Or one can retire and get a spouse allowance on the other uh, Sixty six, at 66... Uh, age 62, if the spouse is younger, it makes a whale well of a difference between uh, if the the two people are, are varies varied in, in age ages. Uh, with a reduction, if you if they retire, if the spouse retires before the full retirement age, there's a reduction for them. Until they both uh, retire on their own, if both spouses are eligible. So the next slide, I'm going to show you that. So so what I did. Again, we're talking about live, thriving on one income. So my wife, again, worked part-time. So I, I retired, and, um, and I got a spouse allowance from Social Security. If my wife had not worked a day at all, I can get 50% of mine in a spouse allowance for her. However, she worked some. So I'm thinking, if my calculations are correct, that at age 70... She might be able to retire, not piggybacking on mine as a spouse, but retire on her own at age 70. And I think maybe we'll get $100, $150 a month more. So it, you need to read the books here and just kind of evaluate that. way. The beauty of that is they will allow you to take great. Yes, yes. Okay, the next slide here. I shared in a seminar. Yes, sir. Okay. Good. Good for you. Okay. She's uh, not retired. She's not working. Okay. I for her? She's not working. I'm sorry to ask the question, but is she close to your same age? Sixty. <laughs> okay. She could do it with a penalty. Uh, you'd, a little bit of penalty. Not not much. We're talking just instead of getting 50%, she might get 46% or something like that. But it's you. You run the numbers. You talk to your Social Security sometimes Social Security office off of yours, yes. Unless she has enough work, does she work full time? She's got enough to draw a small. Okay, as much as half of yours. Okay, so then yeah, you could get she could you could get a spouse allowance right now. You could contact the Social Security Administration office, ask them, and 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 apply for that. So that's that's certainly a possibility. Check on it. Now I shared in the seminar before I shared that that you could automatically, a professional person, the spouse of a professional person who is a high-income person, I said, you can retire and get a spouse allowance on your, your high-income spouse. There was a provision for that. But again, quietly, Republicans and Democrats voted that out. And that's you have to make sure you get the, the recent one now. But you, this, this is off their website. So I, I said, I don't want to relate this, but let me read it to you. The spousal benefit can be as much as half of the worker's primary insurance amount. That's what you get, whether it's, uh, yeah, wh- whatever you receive. Primary, depending on the spouse's age at retirement, if the spouse begins receiving f- benefits before normal, normal or full retirement age, 66, then the spouse will receive a reduced benefit. If the spouse is eligible for a retirement benefit based on his or her own earnings, in other words, if they've worked a lot, um, and if that benefit is higher than the 50% spouse allowance, uh, spouse allowance spousal benefit, then we, we Social Security Administration, pays the retirement benefit they pay. In other words, instead of being 50%, they'd get 60%. They're going to give you 60% for the spouse, but then you, they have to retire, have to retire at that, that age. Okay? So if 50% is more than what they would normally get, if they didn't, then it's better to go ahead and get the spouse allowance for them as is, which is what I did, waiting to see if maybe when my wife, another year, she's like four months from me, Four months age difference for me, so I'm going to see if that'll apply. May may apply, may not. I don't know. We'll 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 find out. Okay. The person that receives the spousal allowance doesn't have to be retired; they just have to be full retirement age. They just have to be, yeah, full retirement age or between 62 and 66, yeah, yeah. with a penalty, with the penalty. Yeah. Okay, but again, I am not a certified financial planner. I'm throwing this out. I want you to study it out for yourself. Take that, and that's your research to take home and see if the preacher is telling you the truth. Okay? Okay. Now we're going to talk about preparing for retirement. Just a little bit. We'll, we'll kind of go back and forth. A little light, a little heavy, a little light, a little heavy. So credit card and freedom from debt. When you, res- when you plan to retire, you should not have any car payments because we told you how to how to not have any car payments, you're not going to have any mortgage because you need to get that paid off, and we we do that by buying used vehicles, that are rated excellent according to Consumer Report magazine. Drive it for, for uh, drive it for ten years, and sell it at uh, two hundred thousand dollars. What did I put it? Oh, here it is! I hit it! I hit it! Again, those of you who are just coming, this is this is worth its weight in gold. This is your thousand dollar bonus to get subscribe to Consumer Report magazine. I have I have a few coupons here, uh, magazine uh, coupons, thirty dollars a year. And if you don't get any here, you can go to the to uh, no, Barnes and Noble. You can open up with a magazine, and about three or four of those things are going to fall out. You can pick it up off the floor, and you can go buy it. Don't buy the magazine first because you it costs too much. But by the subscription. And in the back of this, it tells you what are good cars, last six years of good cars, and 17 frequency of repair things, six Toyota Camrys uh, that I've had zero, zero engine problems, zero transmission problems, because I looked at this magazine, not at the BMWs that we looked at that were not too great, that were average or worse than average. So, anyway, I just give you a little quick. Uh, update there. Force yourself to make payments to savings after you pay it off. Try to keep it at three three years and then buy your next car cash. Never lease a car. It's renting. Uh, buy a one-income house that you can afford and pay it off before retirement. Don't add an equity loan to your house loan. Don't borrow against your retirement plan. These people live hand to mouth and then they get, have a retirement plan that's supposed to be for retirement and then they borrow to the hilt to buy a car or whatever and then they have nothing at the end they just you know they 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 just don't think about and plan that ahead long term so the bottom line is to be debt free by retirement preserve your health the biggest concern for retirees is their health now medicare i'm on medicare my wife's on medicare we pay and i'll show you we pay no deductibles, no co-pays uh, because we have selected a supplement account instead of an Advantage account. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. But it's really great. It's better than when I was working. Um, prepare for living longer. Maintain your health. Get your, your gut down. Maintain your uh, reasonable weight. Reduce problems with joints, diabetes, cholesterol, heart disease, blood pressure, drink water, Get your sleep, fresh air, sunshine, exercise. Uh, do your lawn mowing. I have. I don't have a riding lawn mower. I have a, a walk behind, self-propelled, but it's walk behind and I can turn it up fast. <laughs> uh, think safety. Eye, ear protection, dust mask, gloves. I, hear some, uh, I, I have some hearing aids. I, I didn't think about that when I was younger and I didn't wear all the protection I should. Don't wear them all the time, but at least... I, I can hopefully I can hear your questions a little better. Um, stay off the roof in retirement. So many people that retire and they get on the roof and they fall off and break their back or die or whatever. Stay off the roof, pay someone, use supportive shoes. Just take care of your health, is what I'm saying here. So you can live to be 100. Preserve your health. Uh, we've, we were trying to do uh, the plant-based diet, considering organic, non-GMO, We take our lunch, uh, save money, take my lunch to work. I did. I'm retired two and a half years now. Develop a consistent exercise plan. Walk, don't run to save the joints. Um, Take the steps. Exercise only the muscles that you want to keep. You understand that? Only the ones you want to keep. And I heard the, the gentleman in the health, anybody go to the health one yesterday morning? He says, he says the ladies' upper body, you need to do some, some so, so we've got some little weights, some five-pound weights. We're doing exactly what he says um, because we need to make sure we have mus- good muscle tone. Preventative medicine, dental, physical exams. Floss your teeth. They say that that can keep you from getting heart disease. Flossing your teeth, keeping that infection out. Take your vacations. Find a relaxing hobby. Buy long-term health care insurance. Wow. Uh, That covers uh, home care, assisted living, nursing home. Dave Ramsey says, I'm not listening to a salesperson, but Dave Ramsey says, don't buy it until you're in your 60s or later. Some people start, somebody sells them, starts selling it to them at 30 years of age so buy it at 60 years later. So we have that. We we had a little group plan in the church for a while and, and we started that and then they they didn't continue it on, but we're we're locked in for a little bit of help there. Investment definitions. There's a lot of definitions here. I'm going to run through them quick, but uh, this is on the slide thing. I'm not going to take a whole lot of time here. I, I want to spend some time talking about some of the other issues, but bonds, people think when you're investing, you're gambling. You're just just gambling because that stock market's going up and down on, and they say that it goes up and down based on which side the president gets out of bed. There's no emotion to, there's no reason to the thing. Uh, they, They fear the trade in China and it goes chew down and then, you know, goes up and down, but right now it's down so it's a great time it's on sale stocks are on sale right now this is the time to buy to start getting into that so anyway bonds and stocks bonds are a debt investment stocks are a a equal distribution of a partial ownership of a company those are the ones that fluctuate a lot the bonds are debt they're 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 kind of plain vanilla and Dave Ramsey says don't buy bonds well, I, I have a few bonds because I I, I, like to, I don't like the, all the gyrations that, that stocks do. A market, mark, money market is investment with short-term maturities with quick access to money. It's kind of like savings account, but a little different. A mutual fund is a group of stocks or bonds or both, so it's diversified. It's got several. Index funds are a mutual fund that's designed to track or match a market such as the S&P or the total stock market. I have a, a fund, a private fund, uh, with, with uh, Vanguard. It's one of my favorite companies. It has lower fees. And there's, there's one fund called the total stock market, and I like that. I like tremendous diversification. It's just everything. And they have an, a total bond market, if you like that, too. A target fund is something kind of new in the last few years, and it's based on your age, and it's we'll, we'll look at what a target fund is because that's important. Um, diversification means spreading it around, not buying individual uh, uh, stocks. That's where the 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 risk comes in. When you have those individual stocks, you buy them. They go up this time, but when you diversify, you got some going up and some coming down, and and hopefully they're kind of smoothing out a little bit. But you can make a lot of money, individual stock. But I don't know anything about picking a stock. And most people don't. So I don't recommend buying individual stock. I say buy a mutual fund or an index fund. Uh, Tax deferred means you you don't, if it comes out of your check and it goes into account, and you don't pay taxes on it. So let's say you have a couple hundred dollars taken out each pay period. And it's tax-free, and then but you the the government wants their taxes at some time. So when you pull it out, then they're going to tax you. But it can grow tax-free, and that's the whole concept of growing tax-free. A Roth IRA is a deposits after you pay tax, but it grows forever, as long as you and and you pay no no uh, taxes on the growth of that the interest that it's or the growth that that is. So that's a a wonderful thing. Dave Ramsey says, put all of your money, maximize all you can put in the Roth IRA before you use a it tax-deferred. It's also exempt from the minimum distribution requirement. So gives Yes. Yeah, okay. And we'll talk about what a minimum distribution account, required minimum distribution. And I'm in the process right now of setting up a Roth IRA because my... my where, the fund in the church is going to take out across all of my funds. My Roth is in there. And they said the only way I can preserve that is to take it out. So I'm putting that with Vanguard, just setting up a, a separate little uh, a Roth IRA. Uh, dollar cost averaging. I, I want to spend a little time on this dollar cost averaging thing. The concept of dollar cost averaging is and is the idea that on this certain day, see, it's May, June 1, I'm going to put $100 in. The stock market or or investments, bonds, stocks and bonds. July 1, I'm going to put $100 in. August 1, I'm going to put $100 in. September 1, I'm going to put $100 in. The stock market's going like this. People are getting scared because it goes up. Oh, I'm not going to put it in because it's down now or it's up, down, whatever. Dollar cost averaging is you don't look at that. You just put it in there, $100, $100, $100. The idea is that sometimes you're going to buy high stock in the stock market, mutual funds. Sometimes you're going to buy low. But overall, if it continues to go up, you're going to be better off because you're consistently saving time after time. Wayne. Yes, yes. Okay. So I don't know if I followed all that, but anyway, I'd have to see the numbers go down. I'm. A, I used to be a math, a math major, and then you know calculus did me in. So I, I just stuck with dollars. They're easier to, to count than, calculus than the area of a donut. Uh, EFT. Uh, I'm, I'm just dabbling in that. I didn't understand about that. My son-in-law, he says, Dad, you need to get into EFTs, and I said. What is an EFT? I understand a mutual fund, but what's an EFT? The best, uh, I took a little seminar, and it, it's, it, I think what it is is you're buying stocks in a mutual fund versus you're buying with dollars in a mutual fund, and you do it more quickly. So I don't know. I'm still working on it. I'm going I'm to dabble with just a little bit of money to just see how, it, how it's working. But, but it's very similar to a mutual fund, buying a mutual fund. Okay? The best time to plant an oak tree is today. So if you don't have any money invested, I have three documents here. Know nothing, investing. And even though I'm a business major, I didn't take any class in investing. I just, what I learned is kind of what I learned, what I read, what I listened to. I've got three documents. And I hope that there are some people here, many people here, who will start investing, even if it's fifty dollars a month, into the the the, the market. Uh, so, no nothing investor. That's where most of us are. The other one is for millennials. This is, these are all from the Kiplinger magazine, which is a Money magazine. It's called Start Investing Now. Uh, yeah that's that's how they talk, uh yeah, <laughs> when's a good time today today I don't know stock market maybe up, maybe down, but you know start dollar cost averaging maybe maybe down now, but next month maybe up, and then I put together a compilation i I call it a compilation because what I'm saying is I'm not supposed to give you advice okay i but I kind of am and and, and i I call it a compilation which says I've got it from all the smart people here, and I just put it together for you, and you kind of pick and choose, and compare this with the articles, with the books. All right. Uh, Comment, question. Somebody had their hand raised. Yes.
1: I was going to mention that the stock market itself, on average, goes up far faster than anything else. Um, This is a report since 1920. Clipped out of a newspaper. Even in the 1930s, it, it went down 0.1%. The 40s, it went up 9.2%. Every year, average. The 50s, 194 And skipping up here, Jimmy Carter years, it only went up 6%. Reagan years, 17 and 17.5. Okay, we're going to look at some of that All here. Of these things, they're going up. This is why he's saying investing is far better than putting in a bank account or anything like that. Like he said, yesterday before that the stock market if you invest it like you said in mutual funds, it spreads it out in many funds. You're not tied in one area like transportation or utilities. Well those are good ones. They stay level fairly good. anyway it's you can count on it on average, like last year went up like sixteen percent. This year not so good, but yeah. average is wonderful. Yes.
0: <coughs> okay. The experts say they recommend 10%. The U.S. average is 5% of money going into savings. Uh, I understand that Albert Einstein, I I really like Albert Einstein. He's a smart man. He's supposedly quoted as saying that the the eighth wonder of the world is the benefit of compounding interest. So we'll we'll look at that in a, a chart in just a moment. Save for emergencies, you got to keep some money in cash for emergencies. In 2018, the maximum—I I need to put that, get that 2019 out there—but it's not much difference. You can put up to $25,000 of tax-deferred or Roth money if your company will do Roth. Uh, Roth also, the church, the church employees can do the Roth as well. The Roth must be payroll-deducted uh after tax but now but then tax-free forever that it can grow forever and we add extra to retirement you can you can add do more than that when i when i was getting close to the end i was doing 30 percent in in my retirement because i was behind the eight ball i i was trying to catch up Um, the matching the how many have a match with a 401k with a match uh that means the employer, like in the church, they give you 5% base, 5% of your income goes into the fund, into the 403B. And then they have 3% match, which means that if you put 3 you take personally out of your check 3%, they will match that. If you don't match it, they don't give it to you. So it's like 100% interest. Let's say it's 100 $100. So you put it in a paycheck, in your paycheck you have your money, $100 extra taken out, 3% or whatever it is, uh, 3%. The employer will put in that same amount for you, $100. That's 100% interest in one day. <laughs> one day, not one year, one day. And you can't go back once that pay period's over and say, oops, oh, I missed, I should have done that. And I have employees, and I, am sad to say, I've had some church employees to say, I can't afford to have that three percent deducted. You can't afford not to. That is just so important. One hundred percent a day, in in uh, savings. So, the Roth IRA and the regular IRA can be deducted automatically from your checkbook. Okay, an individual account. Yes, but or you can do it, or you can do it through your employer. Yeah, you have to have an income. You have to have an income. If you're self-employed, and then you can, you can do that as well. Okay, uh payroll so you never see it. That is the beauty of savings. So if you have your employer can deduct that from your check, that is a wonderful thing. Each time you get a pay raise, add a percent or two. So Dave Ramsey suggests working towards 15% payroll deductions. The path to success is payroll deductions. So, why invest in equities or stocks? Jesus talked about the parable of the the, the parable of the whatever talents. talents thank you, thank you. I, I need a preacher here to help me. Parable of the talents, and he says at least you could have done something with that money. The one who put it under his mattress, which is kind of equivalent to putting it in the 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 uh, passbook savings. At what? It used to be one-tenth of 1%. I have some money in the credit union. I'm getting about one-tenth of 1%. Why do I have it in there? Because I just want to have my my vacation money in a separate spot. I can just get it any time, so it's okay. But uh, equities have had a known track record. Despite all wars and calamities, there's been no 10-year period with a loss through all the... Major wars and major crises. The First World War, the Second World War, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, whatever, the Iraq War. All of those, the Depression. All of those, there's never been a 10-year period when it's gone negative. So, it ta- talks in Ecclesiastes about seven or eight different things. You know, try to spread it around. Hence, in, as we translate it today, mutual funds or index funds Select a reputable mutual fund with the five or ten year track record. So there's you look at a prospectus and it'll tell you what are they doing five years, ten years, since inception. I like to one look at one of the longest it gets and pick one of those one of those funds or two or three of those funds um, and and put them together. All right. Uh, three-fourths, three-fourths of the index funds, that's the one to just follow the the, track the the index funds, beat the experts who try to time the market. So you go to a financial planner they're going to try to maximize, maybe get a managed fund. If you just have it in index funds you can do better than three-fourths of all those managers. That's not what I say that's what what Kiplinger Magazine, that's what uh, uh, Consumer Report Magazine tell me that's those those are some of the things if we just have a simple understanding and and I I, I like the idea of a know nothing investor you don't have to understand how this all this individual stocks I don't understand how a television works but I know if I turn it on that color will go through the air and it'll show on my screen now do I depend on that television. Yeah. Do I understand it? No. Do I understand the stock market, how it all works? No. But I'm looking at a track record over 100 years, and this is what they're saying. Now, we know that there will be a time when it's all going to burn up, So, but then your, your, um, your passbook saving isn't going to be worth anything either. Inflation has averaged over 3% for the last 40 years, If you buy a CD or passbook account of 1%, nice and safe, comfortable, we're not not concerned about that. And if inflation is 3%, every year you lose 2% value on your money. Do you want to lose value on your money? Do you want it to go down? No, I I would not want to. Equities or stocks, the market, averages 8% over the long haul. Now, I'm not talking about one year, maybe negative 16% this year and... 20% 20% positive next year. So we're talking long haul now, no 10 year period. You're thinking about investing over the long haul. So 8 minus 3 is 5%. So that's good, even if it's a Roth or whatever, or, or, or tax free, and you pay a tax on it. You take out 20% of that, you bring it down to 4%. That's you're going in the proper direction. A fear of a fluctuating market. A coward dies a thousand deaths, a hero dies. Let me give an example. I think this is an important example. The church went in from a, a pension fund in, prior to the year 2000. In the year 2000, they went into a 403B. So we saw what was in the account. Well, you remember what it looked like, and I'm, I'm doing it from your, your perspective. So I put money in, and the stock market went down. Put money in, stock market went down. There's my fund going down, going down. Every year, it kept going down. But I, I said, I'm going to discipline myself. I've read these books. I am going to be hanging there. And so every year it went down until, what, about 2008, 2006, something like that. 2008, I think. It went down. Now, a friend of mine, a knowledgeable friend of mine, was told, it's recorded here, so I've got to be careful, A knowledgeable friend of mine was told by a family member that they needed to get out before they lose it all. They pulled their money out. At 2008, it was at the bottom, and then it tripled. It tripled. It went from like $8,000 to $24,000. Now, do you think that that, my friend of mine, will ever get into the stock market again? Because once burned, forever burned. And they're probably putting money in passbook savings, Southern Union Revolving Fund, which is 2.5%, which is fine, if you want to park money there. But if you're looking at the long haul, I should promote that because I just retired from the Southern (laughs) Union, but... I'm just saying, I'm just saying that if you're looking long range, you're maximizing. I've got money in the Southern Union Revolving Fund too, but I've got money in in the in the market as well. So once you put equi- put money in, once you put the equities into a plan, don't mess with the recipe. So now I don't go totally with Dave Ramsey. I don't have 100% of my stock. I have Right now, I just want to be honest, I have about 50% in stock, 50% in bonds. I'm retired, so I, 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 I watch the stock market every day. Ooh, I love to see that. What did it do today? Let me see what it did today. Well, yesterday it went down, I think. And it's been going down. It's lost about $1,000 in the few day, last days, but I don't care. I don't care. Oh, it's up 41. The Dow is up $41 so far today. We do, you don't know what it's going to be. But I, I look at it, I look at it every day. I'm interested, seeing kind of where, where it's going, but do I make a change in my plan? No. No, because I'm thinking long range, ten years. Dennis that ten year window is critical. Yes. Because the track record of ten years forever has been positive. So if you're gonna get into mutual funds at all, focus on a ten year window. Warren Buffett, thank you. Warren Buffett says, in the, in the sheet you have on the back side of the sheet, that a little compilation, I, I thought, Warren Buffett, he's not an expert, but he's doing real well. <laughs> and what does it say there? If you aren't willing to own a stock for 10 years, don't even think about owning it for 10 minutes. Okay, So we're thinking long range. You're not thinking about putting it in there and buying a house next year or whatever. So... You're talking about investing over the long haul. So you have that. All right. Once you put it in there, the word is discipline and not emotion. So here's what compounding interest is. And I'm sorry for those in the back. The, the $100 seats are in the front here. But here's, here's um, uh, $125 a month. And you put it in at no interest. Uh, you put it in for how many years? Uh, 30 years. So no interest, just putting in almost $50,000. That's pretty good. Yeah, great. $125 a month. If you can get 6%, you've got $125,000. If you can put in the stock market and you get the average, you'll have $180,000. If you can get 10%, which I'm, I'm not looking for the big bucks. I'm not looking to beat the market. I just want to be with the market. You got almost three hundred thousand from fifty thousand to three hundred. Well, take it here from fifty thousand to one hundred and seventy-five thousand, just by investing the funds. Jack Bogle, Vanguard, and again, I'm not promoting. I don't get paid by Vanguard. It's just that all of the magazines say that their fees, and that's an important thing. The fees for their different funds. Are the lowest there are. Some of the other companies, Fidelity, and some of those are trying to, try to, you know, come down more. But Jack Bogle is the one who started mutual, the index funds, mutual funds, to help diversify. And, and I've read his book. It's just, just he just seems like a down to earth kind of guy that wants to help people. So he says, "You've heard the discipline. Don't just stand there. Do something." Stock market's going up or down or whatever. For investors who rationally made a plan. Far better the advice is don't do something, just stand there. In other words, don't get emotional about it. Just hang in there. So Dave Ramsey's a millionaire, as you know, and he was going to meet a billionaire. And he was just anxious to, to learn, you know, what, what's the trick? How did you do this? So they had this special meeting. He says, I have a special thing to share with you. He said, Really? Really? I'm I'm really interested in knowing what that is. So he says, Yeah. He says, I've got a book. I've got a book that will explain about what it takes to become a billionaire. And it's this book right here The Hare and the Tortoise. The Hare did the dollar cost averaging. He did $100. $100. $100. He just kept going. And here the jackrabbit. He said somebody told him a good good deal. He could make a money, make twenty five percent of the stock. He bought the stock. He lost it. Okay, he jumped over here. Okay, what's the next thing here? What what can I do now? And then it just up and down, and he doesn't make it to the finish line. The turtle, the no, no nothing turtle just hangs in there. He just does a little bit. He just consistently. Goes along. So I like that. I had to look a long time to find this book. There must be a lot of people wanting this book because <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot of neat pictures in it, too. The key to stock market success isn't your timing of the market, it's your time in the market. In other words, dollar cost averaging, just hang in there, do a little bit at a time. I was working in the Florida conference. And an attorney there, I was young, uh, where I'm talking 35 years ago. And he said, you need to put some money into a deferred annuity. And I said, what's that? You can payroll deduct it. I said, I don't know. Should I do it? He said, yeah, just put a little bit in there, 25 bucks. So I said, okay. Put it in payroll deduction, went on and on and on. Oh, okay. Now, and then, before you know it, it was sixteen thousand dollars in there over the number of years. And I said, "Wow, you know, I I learned a lot from him, but I should have been doing a whole lot more, and I should have understood more about this kind of thing, so I could maximize better." So it's not your timing of the market; it's your timing in the market. So what is a target fund? Let me look at my slides here. Thirty-three. I've got fifty, fifty-four. Okay, got to move along here. So target fund, this is what happens. So if your retirement age is, is uh, like 2020, you're close to retirement, then you're going to have 58 uh, percent in stock, so close to the 50/50 and the others in bonds. But if you're farther away and you have more time, time to grow, if you're 2030, you'd have 75 percent in stock. The beauty of a target fund, and Vanguard has it, Fidelity has it, other funds have it. And what they do is they adjust it every year just a little bit and bring it closer and closer to, they call it fixed, fixed funds or bond funds. They just move it a little bit closer to so it matches up with this. As you get older, it automatically stabilizes more because it kind of locks in the, the benefit of the stocks that you've had over the years. So, how not to run out of money? Does it take? Somebody said to me, "I need a million dollars before I can retire." I don't know if I need a million dollars or not. Could be five, could be that may be stockpiling, maybe not enough. Maybe I need two or three or four. I don't know. So here's here's a simple formula. I used to be a math major, but I like to keep it simple. So let's say your annual earnings are 50 grand, single income. Certainly not six-figure income. But you want to have 80%. How can you live on 80%? You don't have a car payment. You don't have a house payment. You don't, uh, you're not saving for retirement because you're going to be in retirement. Uh, so you can live on less. Your taxes are less. Yeah, kids are gone. Yeah, yeah. So if you have a pension plan, there's nothing in there because you may or may not have a pension plan. You have to look at your own thing. Social Security benefits. You find out what it is. You go on the Social Security thing and you see and this is assuming a couple thousand a month and the shortfall is $16,000 well where's that money going to come from what are you going to have to do so assuming you have 400,000 you can you can figure that out by just doing a reverse with the simple math ask a ask a, a, a fifth grader because fifth graders are smart they can tell you how to do that <clears throat> but you need 16,000 if you get 4% interest or benefit on that you can have 16,000 pull 16,000 out of there and then you have your 40,000 dollars for that year pretty cool huh so this case this scenario this little example shows that you would have to have 400,000 in savings you don't have to have a million for your personal thing and we we don't need a million dollars we can have less than that. If it earns 4%, then there's no change in your total savings. Or you can purchase an annuity with a payout of the same amount. So I was told that I need to uh, talk about the charitable gift annuities, which pays for the rest of your life um, uh, through the church or, or through ministries in the church. You can get a, a, char- a charitable gift annuity or other annuities, bank annuities, and I'm not, familiar with that, but I mean, that is certainly an option. You can invest in stocks and bonds. Some years are going to be less, maybe zero, maybe negative. But the idea is the experts recommend withdrawing three to four percent of your fund in this, not more than three to four percent of your fund, and you should, should not run out of money if you have it invested in stocks and bonds. If you have it in passbook savings, yeah, you're going to run out of money. Uh, but make sure you have some funds in liquid cash, in case you know, for a couple of years maybe, to to tide you over. So now, currently, between Social Security, and and the small pension I have working for the church from previously, I have a. I am not having to withdraw any money from the 403b because I. I don't need it. I'm actually putting money into savings in retirement, ten percent of my Social Security. I could use it all up, but I don't need to. I have a car, I got a house, it's paid off, so why should I buy more stuff? So anyway, if you don't have to pull anything out, the three to four percent, that's even better. Okay, uh, so investment tolerance. Oh man, I am I'm looking at my watch here. Conservatives don't like risk, but in order to preserve, they need to understand they have to take some risk. You can't do passbook savings and, 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 do, and live a lifetime 20 to 35 years beyond retirement, uh, retirement date. Moderate, willing to take some risk. Aggressive, uh, attempt to get the greatest gain, but may be tempted to take too much risk. And I believe that the prudent investor needs to be all of these. You need to be aggressive. Maybe do what Dave Ramsey says in your early years, in your 20s, do 100% stock. But as you get older, move more of that into fixed funds. Uh, investment magazines, ARP magazine says that uh, if you do it yourself, if you have 50000 invested over a 20-year period, if you do it yourself, which is I kind of consider myself a do-it-yourself person, you'd have dollars, $132, $132,000. The annual fee is zero because i 'm doing it myself. if you have a robo advisor that's let a computer you go with the company and they automatically handle that for you you may it may take uh, six thousand of that money. A financial advisor uh, take maybe one or two percent they want to take all of your assets and invest it in their company well i, I can I can do that and, i mean they're going to put it in index funds and whatever so then they, they would suck out $23,000. Now, I have another family member <coughs> who called me up and said, I have a great deal. I've talked to an investor and they promised me that I'm going to get 4 to 5% a year and there will be no downturn even though whatever happens to the stock market, I'm going to get 4 to 5% a year. Uh, there is a statement that there is no free what? Lunch. There's no free lunch. Okay? If what I just read the magazine said I get 8%, if I'm willing to belly up, to have a little discipline, and they're going to give me 4% because they're going to they're experience, experience the ups and downs for me, because they're going to hold my hand, okay? I don't want to give up 4% a year for that. That's just my personal opinion, to give up that. So anyway, I'm just throwing it out for you to think about as a possibility that you might be able to do something yourself without having to pay this. Now, can you manage your own money Uh, uh, retirement plan money, it all depends. Now, depends is not something you wear. (laughs) It all depends. It's an attitude. It's an attitude. If you're financially savvy and you're willing to monitor it, put put a plan together, let it go, yes, you can do it. If you're not financially savvy and would rather do something, you don't care anything about it, you just want somebody else to handle it for you, then no. Hire, hire them. You're going to pay for them, but hire them. And if you have considerable funds or complex holdings, then probably the best to, retire, to hire a trusted financial advisor. Okay? So there's some socially screened funds, but there's not too many. And that means the no tobacco and alcohol and others. So... Somebody said, "Well, do you feel bad just going with the total stock market?" I say, "Well, you know, how many Budweiser uh uh Budweiser uh stocks are in there?" I don't know. Maybe maybe a half a percent. I don't I don't know, but I I guess I do the best you can.
1: It frequently doesn't exceed 2% of the stocks that you might, that you might call question.
0: Okay. Okay, very good. The maximum of 2% of those SIN stocks, they call them. So the remaining 20%, now this is really, really important. It's something I had to dig out. I had to figure out what to do. Medicare Advantage. So Medicare's paying 80%. What about the other 20%? So now on television, they have something called Medicare Advantage. Free premiums, zero premiums low premium dollars so and and wow you know who wouldn't want that why would you want a medicare supplement we're going to talk about that number two here why would you want a medicare supplement you're paying a premium when you can get it for free sounds great it isn't. medicare advantage part c sounds like it's part of medicare but in my opinion it ain't part of medicare what your what medicare is doing and i've had nobody refute this what Medicare is doing is say, uh, private company, uh, we're going to give you some money and you take care of them. So 100% is a corporation deciding whether you can or can't get treatment and how much you're going to get. You're in a company. I went to a, a company in Atlanta. I won't mention the name. It starts with well, something uh, but I went to the seminar and I thought, well, I knew all this and I listened to them and everybody was just salivating. It was zero premiums and you get no deductibles for, for preventative care. And it just went on and on. Everybody's like, wow, I get a little dental care, maybe a couple hundred dollars. I get uh I get hear, hearing or whatever. I said, wow. And then we got to the fine print. You go into the hospital, you pay $650 a day. If you go into the hospital and it was just like, whoa, 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 just kept going, the deductibles and the co-pays. So all I'm saying is read the fine print, listen to the rest, any place, uh, let, let me finish here. So there's an HMO, which means you've got a doctor, a primary doctor who makes a determination of who gets where you get to go. If they don't approve it because it's a corporation, if they don't approve it, you don't go. I had a physician, also related to a family member of mine, say, Dennis, you're absolutely correct. I'm a physician. Sometimes with Advantage programs, we we can't get the care for the people because they don't, or, or they have to go through all kinds of hoops to get the care that they need. Uh, a PPO uh, is a little, you have a little bit more flexibility. You don't have a primary doctor, but you, you can pick their doctors, but you better not go outside of the the territory. Or or you'll be penalized. You'll be out of. You'll pay more money. So there's cheaper premiums, uh, larger deductibles and copays. Medicare supplement. Okay. Let me take the or question here. Yes. My wife has uh, A and B plus Plan F. F. Okay.
1: Okay. Almost two hundred thousand dollars for two hip replacements. Yes. Paid nothing, and that was twenty one days in a.
0: You have a supplement? You have a supplement? Okay, $200,000 and nothing. Okay. It's $120 a month. Okay, yes, $120 a month, but think about that compared to the number of days in the hospital. Uh, Medicare supplement, on the other hand, and I didn't learn this, I was told by a family member that's sitting in the congregation here, <laughs> and I checked it out to make sure because it didn't sound... It was too good to be true, so I I did my own little research to make sure. Medicare supplement is buying insurance for what original Medicare doesn't pay. Original Medicare means you stay with Medicare for your 80%, and then you're only paying the 20% for the supplement. And that 20%, original and 20%. So I can go anywhere in the United States, anywhere that takes Medicare, and I can get coverage and pay no deductibles, no copays. Unless, unless my plan, I'm in plan G. Plan G, I have to pay $183, Medicare de- $185 Medicare deductible for the year. Just that one deductible. But I save a few hundred dollars in premium between F and G.
1: Okay. Dennis, the one other difference is on the Medicare supplement, Medicare bargains, not bargains, has it already preset to knock down the prices hospital doctors will pay and they say you don't have to pay any more than this few little dollars whereas if you're on the Advantage plan uh, they don't have the same deal that Medicare has with all the hospitals.
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, I I have about 10 more slides. I knew this was going to be a a fire hose today. I've got about 10 more slides. I'd like to run through them if you need to go. This is the 315 is up but if you want to hear the rest of it withdrawals, federal taxability. If you do not at 70 and a half deduct, deduct a certain amount of, um, money and make it taxable, required minimum distribution, you will pay a penalty of 50%. So if you're supposed to pull out $12,000, the federal government will charge you $6,000 penalty if you don't do this. So make sure that wherever you have it invested, if you have tax deferred, you do that. Uh, the expected amount. Now, how, I, I'm curious, so I said, "Okay, how do they figure that? Is it hocus pocus?" No. So if you have 200,000, 200,000 in, in investments, tax-deferred investment, they'll look at a chart, look at your age, and say uh, life expectancy maybe 17.2 more years. So divides that in there, and you have to deduct 11,627 for that one year. And then every year, your funds are going to be different. At the end of the year, your funds are going to be different. Your life expectancy is going to be different. So it'll adjust. Your, inco- your investment company should make that decision for you. Taxability. I didn't know about s- taxes taxes and Social Security when I retired. So I, I looked and combined, they call it combined income. It takes your wages, your interest, your dividends, your pension, the other taxable income, por- a portion of Social Security. Not all of it is is taxable um, uh, if it's under 25,000 it's not taxable, but never can they charge more than never can more than 85 percent of your social security be subject to tax okay you understand to be thrown in there yes sir I'm, I'm 60 Y- yes, but you have to be 70 and a half before it begins. Before it begins so after 70 and a half, then you're required to deduct the, the tax de- a portion of the tax deferred, and this is how it's calculated.
1: No, no.
0: That's one I'm not real familiar with. So, so I, I would take her. I've, I've heard that, 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 yeah, if you're still working, there's something there. But check that out. Check that out. <clears throat> uh, okay, I'm going to go through that. Retirement decision dates. Uh, they can be all the same date or they can be different. You can start the day you start Social Security payments, you can still continue to work. The day you start your pension, if you have any. The day you cease work and start full-time and start your Medicare because you need medical and, and start Social Security, uh, yeah, you cease work. I decided for simplicity, I like simple life, I decided to stop all in one day. So I quit work, started Social Security, started my pension, all, started Medicare all in one day. It's too complex to try to figure it all out. So, uh, In my opinion... Uh, my opinion, number one, ideally it's best to work until a full retirement age because most of the benefits begin and the penalties cease at that time. Retire when things are still going great. Don't wear out your welcome and start slipping on your duties. I know people, even denomination employees, that I know administrations saying, I wish they would retire, but, you know, you can't talk to them now. They could work till age 99. They got to they gotta falter on their job, but, you know. I, I wanted to leave when things are things are going good. We are not indispensable. Take some take some virtue in wanting some people take some virtue in wanting not to rust to uh, rust out, but to wear out. Neither should we wear out our employing organization. Leave with dignity. Plan to spend several years doing what you'd like you and your spouse want to do while health is good. Travel, grandkids, hobbies, teach, part time work, even. Teaching a a seminar like I'm doing here. It's kind of fun. There is life after retirement. Uh, In my opinion, number two, remember that when you retire and you have been an authority in your job, pastors, administrators in the conference, you're highly respected and now you become a nobody. Understand that you're getting... that that can very well be try to lower your income move you to another job or something take less responsibility that that could be a sign i don't know for sure but or maybe they're having financial problems i don't know but yeah something to look into something to think about so understanding you're getting older there are three stages there's the go go stage where you travel you want to do See the world, and we've kind of tried to do that all along. So, if we come to retirement and we keel over dead, we've already, we've already experienced some of those things. Um, so, the slow go, you want to settle down and relax. And then there's the no go time the assisted living in the nursing home. But don't let yourself be frustrated. You're getting older, and your body and your mind are going unless you, you know you read a lot of books and you exercise a lot, so keep keep healthy. Money is like manure. When it's piled up, it stinks. Do I need a million dollars? Do I need two? Do I need three? You don't know until you do the simple math of how much you need and how you're going to get there. But when it's spread around manure, I grew up on a farm, so I know when manure is spread around, it does a lot of good. But if you pile it up, it's going to stink. You're going to hoard. So tithing and retirement—it's what I. uh, Half of your retirement, if you work for somebody else, half of yours was paid by your employer, and you paid the other half. So Social Security, half of that, your employer paid; you paid the other half. If you have a pension, that was totally paid by your employer, so that could be that would be subject to Social to tithing. any defined contribution line a little more complex when they give you 5% you've got 3% you put in and 3% match. It's like, okay, it's a mathematical formula, but you know can we outgive the Lord, somebody said. So you know, do the best you can. But I, I wanted to just kind of go through this mental gymnastics of trying to, trying to ask myself these questions. Stewardship, remember, it's all the Lord's. Don't waste it or hoard it, and that's the million dollars or the two or three or four or five. Lay up for yourself treasures and have them. Be faithful and tithe and be a good example. Be liberal with offerings. Spread it around. Help individuals as well as the organizations. Volunteer your time and talents. If you want to increase your money, give more. God is looking for liberal people to take to heaven. He gave his life for us. He is very liberal. And we have that opportunity to give, give something back to him. Okay. There is the website for all of the slides. If you missed some there, it's, it's gulfstatesconferencesda.org uh, forward slash, and I'm saying this for the tape as well, dollars, plural, slides, dollars, slides. So that, you'll, you'll have it pop up on your screen, and you'll get all the slides in a PDF format. I don't want you to take my, my presentation and change it around and say, Dennis Milburn, put it together. So I put it in a PDF format. <laughs> I learned from IT department, right? <laughs> so anyway, you have it all there. So uh, anybody has any questions, we're at the end. I'll have prayer, and if you have questions, I'll, I'll be free to. My daughter, I've got to give her preference here. Yes, ma'am. The, this website? My, my audio is on the website. It was on the website before they, they put it up there. I was the only one with, with all, the, all the materials and then they took it off. So, I don't know. Dennis, that one didn't last night still. Oh, okay. On this website. All right, all right. So, let's, uh, let's have prayer if you have questions or comments or want to share with me some, some new insight. I uh, hope this has been a benefit. Tomorrow, we'll talk about uh, estate planning, uh, passing information off to your children... Helping them, children or grandchildren, the 529, uh, uh, Plan 529, and uh, that type of thing. So uh, let's uh, bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for the opportunity to share. I pray that, uh, I know I've just run through a lot of material here. I pray that it may be a help to someone in helping them to, to get uh, get their, their, uh, their plans in order. maybe may be a benefit and a glory to you. Thank you, Lord, when we're in charge of our finances, then we can be more liberal. We can be a benefit to your cause and be a benefit to our family. It's my prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much.